This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash watchoutforfireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, everybody. Uh, on our, our Facebook, one of our, uh, our friends and fans, Jeffrey Lawton, uh, GeoLaw, as, as he's done, <laughs> the most boring major, um, he suggested uh, for winter, we are uh, uh, kind of getting a poll of everyone's favorite ice levels and talk about ice levels a little bit. And uh, we figured this extra so would be a good place to do it. It's wintertime. We just passed up Christmas. We're just on the side of New Year's. Yeah. yeah. Ice levels. We, 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 have, we have two more months of bleak gray to go. Uh, maybe three. Who knows? And uh, it's time for us to uh, just uh, snuggle up and enjoy ice levels and the good music that usually comes with them. Yes, that, those those perennial fuck ups. The ice. Let's <laughs> uh, you know, once a year, it's time to think about slipping. In real life, I fall about once a year. Really yeah. bad. Like I pull a, a nice level in real life. <laughs> it's really dignity robbing. I've, I've, I've only fallen on the ice once, uh, but I, ha- I happened to do it and fall right on my cell phone and broke it. Oh. <laughs> it was a it was a chocolate though. So. I don't know how that, that affects things. The, the, that it, it was it, it was not like an iPhone or something. Oh, so gotcha. it was it it was it was the yeah it was not. Chocolates a, were hot shit for a little while. Like I yeah, remember, yeah. It, like everyone was like, "Who has the thinnest cell phone?" For a little mm-hmm. while, and then yeah. like eventually it switched to who has the most accessible typing mm-hmm. thing. So oh, yeah. cell phone trends. Oh, cell phones. Oh, we're, we're announcing a new podcast about cell phone <laughs> about trends. About cell phones. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway. Yes. So Anywho, we got a lot of mad. response. What's that? Uh, so we've gone mad. <laughs> we've got power. So in, in, and on a same note, we're going to uh, read a bunch of responses we got on Facebook about this. And then we'll talk uh, about our own favorites and least favorites. And uh, we're just going to we'll just take turns. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want me to get us started? Yeah. Yeah. So John Saulnier says fave is the one from Sonic 3 just because of the music. Um, I'm actually surprised that he didn't mention the kick and rad uh, snowboarding intro to that. I, I do not know Sonic 3. <laughs> it's you, uh, can, you can put in some music in the background if you, if you feel I, like I, it. I actually might because he is uh, he's on point with the uh, with the music on that. Um, yeah, m- most of the music from Sonic 3 is really good. Um, just a brief historical fact, it is uh, a, a widely uh, believed urban myth slash possible thing that uh, Michael Jackson helped uh, compose it. Yeah, I, I think we've talked about that before on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, when we were talking about uh, one of the Genesis games we've done about the about Genesis music. Yeah, the sound the sound chip for that. Yes. Uh, I, I will not. I'm not a Sonic fan, but I will. Uh, yeah, I, they do have good music. Yeah, look it's it up. funky. If you want some funk, yeah, it's got it's got a lot, got a lot of bass to it. Yeah, yeah, the bass player. <laughs> uh, next, uh, next up, Amanda Turner, um, and she says uh, favorite that Yoshi's Island level where you dodge penguins and then go skiing. Level five dash three. <laughs> I don't. Uh, so it's been a while since I played Yoshi's Island, and uh, we're playing that uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to revisiting this one and seeing if Amanda is correct, yeah. or whether she will go down. <laughs> In in infamy as yes. uh, being incorrect about her favorite ice level. Let let us let us let us put a flag here and revisit this and chastise her or praise her. We'll be yes. back on that. M- much much like the rest of the game, I remember that one being really pretty. Yeah, um, Yoshi's Island's beautiful. Yeah, crayons. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting into the longer ones, Chris Luik. Luik. 
Chris, look. Yep, there we go. Well, this game just passed its 10th birthday, so I hope it's old enough. Although I haven't played the game since I originally beat it, when I read your post, Fendrana Drifts from Metroid Prime came to mind rather fast. I'd say it's old enough. We've done GameCube games, mm-hmm. right? Yep. One cannot reminisce fondly about a video game level without the music quickly playing through their mind. Doing a quick good search on Fedrana Drifts showed that others feel strongly about the theme as well, um, as it seems to have showed up on many top games' music lists. It's a beautiful, peaceful, and at times haunting tune with not all that much to it, which, as I recall, is what much of the soundtrack for the game does keeps the music simple and memorable it's one of those rare game osts that found its way onto my ipod uh as for the level itself i would i would uh say the love for it was mainly visual i'm not sure if if it really stood out from the rest of the game as something spectacular it was just a great place to explore there weren't a huge amount of enemies to keep you on constant guard so much of the time you could take in the beautiful snowy environment the game still holds up visually in my opinion and at the time i'm not sure i had played anything that stunning to look at also a great response. Like I've yeah. got a, a lot of weird affection for Metroid Prime. It's the only one in the series I've played of the, the you know the Prime Prime games, but uh, I definitely remember that as being you know, something that hadn't been done in Metroid mm-hmm. before. Like uh, Metroid environments, you spend so much time underground, and, and Super Metroid, you know, I love it so much. And, and you know, you, you do the the ghost ship and the underwater water area, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But you don't you've never spent any time in ice before. It was like kind of a standard lava level, but had never done this. Yes, really you cool as well. had um, the ice ward of Metroid Fusion. Oh well, I you know at that time I hadn't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, I now recall that. That. Uh, um, <laughs> no, I mean that, that was before Metroid Fusion infuriated me. I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, Metroid Prime is a better game than Metroid Fusion. Yes. Bam. Agreed. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree. I've only played I halfway through it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> End of discussion. Yes. So we got uh two two here um from Sam Anderson, and I'll go ahead and just read them both, because they're they're both from uh Sam. And he says uh one positive vote for the Dr. Freeze boss in Arkham City. That's Mr. Freeze. Um, because holy crap, having to defeat a more intelligent and overtly powerful foe with tools, stealth, and the environment is a great start. But then making it so that there are two to three times as many tactics to use as hits you need to land, and making it so each one only works once, this makes the fight a fucking masterpiece. The cherry on top is that each disabled technique not just limits your means of attack, but also hurts your mobility. For example, he cancels your ability to glide entirely when you glide kick him. He starts using more difficult to dodge missile attacks after you successfully redirect one at him. Um, I get, and then he continues, um, I guess it's not too strongly ice-themed, but the variability to it uh, ties nicely with his ice technology. Oh, shit. It's also really recent. Sorry, I messed that up. <laughs> uh, we didn't necessarily mean old games. No. This, so no um, I can't remember if I that might have been my fault. Anyway. No. Uh, to make up for it, I was quite a bit frustrated with the Ice Age and EVO which was already a game that could have used some tighter controls and jumps, except now you've got classic slidey floors to deal with. Also, I want to bring up my generally favorable memories of the ice bits of Chips Challenge. As opposed to specifically favorable memories. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. about Chips Challenge a little while ago. I never owned it, but I played it at Walmart on the on the demo PCs that they had out. I've never played Chips Challenge. Uh, it's just a little top-down puzzle game. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, yeah, that Dr. Free or <laughs> Dr. Freeze, I'm reading it. Uh, he didn't I'm, go to Freeze Medical School. For, uh, <laughs> no, he just didn't go. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that is actually really good. It, it's, it, it feels like a brainier version of the Vulcan Raven fight in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what um, 
I was thinking of when you brought that up when we did the Metal Gear episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the highlight of, of Arkham City. That's yeah. my favorite. That was the high point of that game. Like that's an excellent boss fight. Yes, it's one of my one of my all time favorites. Um, and thinking of that as an ice level is really excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mister Freeze is a really weird character where uh, all of his goodwill comes from the cartoon, and there are no good Mister Freeze stories in the comics. Like it's not they they just don't exist. Like Paul Dini with the Batman animated series mm-hmm. made a really interesting nuanced character. Yeah, and before that, people had done jack shit with him. Yeah, he he seems so gimmicky, like based on his powers. I guess a lot of I guess a lot of Batman villains do, but just yeah, his his backstory. I guess I only know him from the animated series. I never read the comics too much, and yeah, in the games did. too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then that EVO level was also frustrating, but we yeah. talked about that at length. <laughs> yes, we did. So, Yes, we did. Amy Holbrook, my immediate instinct is to quickly survey some notable Zelda ice, ice world slash levels slash temples. Link to the past, Ice Island slash the fifth Dark World dungeon. Tolerable. Ocarina of Time, Ice Cavern. Screw this. Agreed. <laughs> uh, Majora's Mask, I have a mild fondness for Snowhead Temple because, that, because the boss fight is that Goron thing with the mechanical goat boss. Huh. Uh, although it's not really an ice level goat and the boss. snow... <laughs> goat boss. Yeah, the, the, I, I was a cake box reference. Oh, sorry. okay, sorry. Yeah, the comedy bang bang thing. Go boss. Okay, go boss. Um, um, although it's not really an ice level in the snow area outside, it can fuck right off. Oh, that had the spider things, didn't it? Yeah, I don't remember. The tech yeah. It's not my, not my um, game. Twi- Twilight Princess. You snowboard with a Yeti and wander around his house uh, with a ball and chain. Man, people seriously hate on Twilight Princess a lot after the initial OOT Reborn surge, but I thought it was pretty fun. Yeti loved. Uh, Skyward Sword. I loved Skyward Sword, and I literally had to Google whether there was an ice dungeon or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first hit was an IGN thread called The Lack of a Snow Slash Ice World and Skyward Sword is Unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> IGN. Um, Spirit yeah. Tracks was pretty mediocre, but I appreciated that in the Ice Temple, your boomerang could pick up ice torches mm-hmm. and use the arc to freeze the surface of water and make paths. So, yeah, a storied history of ice levels in Zelda. Um, uh, the last one of those that I played was Majora's Mask, but I remember that. I actually have that on my index card here um oh. yeah it's pretty good i would count it as, as an ice level because part of the mountain is frozen when um, you say you have that index card you just have an, an index card that just says majora's mask it's pretty good like just to remind you at all times <laughs> yeah just carry it around <laughs> with me. man has gone too far <laughs> no no i was i was taking notes before we recorded and i wrote down my favorite ice levels on it oh, okay <laughs> so, <laughs> no. Uh man, you're so quick to jump on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I'm um, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm a notable uh, disliker of 3D Zelda games, but I really mm-hmm. like the ice level Link to the Past. I think mm-hmm. that's where you get the, um, oh no, it's it's the equivalent of the one where you get the hook shot. Yeah. Um, but it's this kind of, the kind of nightmare version of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of a, an old standby in mm-hmm. Zelda games. And since Zelda games aren't strictly platformers, the, uh, the slidey mechanics tend not to you know, to, to bite as much. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Kyle Ross says, uh, Super Mario two jumping across the whales in the Arctic was hilarious and very slidey. Um, truth. Yeah. Uh, it is very slidey. I love Mario two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve wallet, uh, would Flashman count from mega man Two? awesome music and pretty fun. Slidey jumping. I would agree. Yeah. yeah you, you said, I sure. it. yep. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's never, cl- it's never made clear if it's, if it's ice or not. I think that when I was when I was young, I thought it was glass, 
um, because mm-hmm. he's not specifically he's not specifically you know ice themed. However, he does freeze time, so sure, maybe yeah, we'll allow like it. Doctor Horrible freeze ray kind of way. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah that, that level is really weird now. Like that, that kind of like precision trial and error way of getting through that. Like I've been playing yeah. a lot of games like that. Recently, like, I mean, there's elements of Dark Souls to that. And then I also have been playing uh, Deadlight and Hotline Miami mm-hmm. this week, and both of which have that kind of, like, incremental progress right. thing. And that might have been the first game I played that was like that. Yeah. I, like, the, my, my, I love that level in general. Um, man, quick, quick, quick Man Stage 2, like, just as, as a brief digression, a lot of that trial and error. And, and, yeah. and again, one of my favorites. That's actually what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you are. That's exactly what I'm thinking of the, uh, the the beams that come in from the side. Yes, I, I, I however, like it, the, the the trial and error stuff holds true because Flashman stage is actually one of the few in that particular game and one of the last in the series that has the invisible blocks that you have to jump on. Oh yeah, to get to the end. Yeah, so yeah. screw that. Well, they phased those out quick. <laughs> they did. Uh, yeah, and then brought them back when everyone decided to appreciate the challenge. Yeah, yeah, in in um, nine and ten. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Carmine, um, he says his favorite, the ice stages of Mario 64. I remember thinking that jumping off a tall ledge and getting stuck in the snow was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. They also had sliding races, which were my favorite part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, least favorite, <clears throat> Pocky and Rocky 2, stage 6, Winter Wonderland. That's an obscure game, Tyler. <laughs> um, my brother and I rented that game as a kid and played it nonstop one week at my grandma's house. It wasn't that hard of a level, but it was just hard enough that it would constantly strip us of enough extra lives, power-ups, etc. to make the next two, which were damn near impossible, the worst. <laughs> they also had the gall to let you unlock a mole character in that level that was then useless against its mini-boss. What? Dicks. <laughs> that, that, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> <Did> nothing. <laughs> yeah, unlock a mole that was useless against the mini-boss. And, and, and the thing is... Uh, like when when I see something like that, I'm sure that that's a perfectly fine game. Um, you know, uh, if if somebody played it, uh, it probably has something redeeming about it. Most games do. Mm-hmm. They're like people. Um, but like <laughs> hearing that rote description of like what happens, like exactly, you have to think that somebody who just doesn't know about games in general, if they're peeking in on this somehow, everything we say sounds like that. I, I love it when that happens. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things that can ever happen. When, like, and I, I point out, I try to point out in the podcast where like one of us accidentally says something that makes total nonsense, you know, that makes no sense, excuse me, yeah, to any kind of outsider of this, this bizarre little insular world that, that we live in. Um, it's perspective. You, know. you have to take a step back every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. But uh, but yeah, that uh, there, there's a great YouTube video. There's a guy on uh, from from FYAD on uh, something awful who uh, who makes YouTube videos occasionally of uh, absurd stuff in video games. His name is Bleep, I think, and he has a great one. It's a it's a speed run of the uh, of the level in Mario sixty four where you have to take the baby penguin to his mom, mm-hmm. and his speed run is to pick it up is to pick up. The- I, you know what? I won't even. I'm just gonna put it in the show notes because it's okay. because it's funny. Um, anyway, Jeffrey Lawton, the uh, the the instigator of this particular special Geographic feature, law. Uh, Geo Law. Tyler took the words out of my mouth about Super Mario 64, except for the other ice level, Big Snowman one on the second level of the castle, which was the worst. You had to triple jump over those moving blocks. Triple jumps were tricky to time anyway when you didn't have the ice thrown into your face. If you messed up, the blocks pushed uh, push you into that freezing water that damaged you. Uh, when you get past that, there is a long, skinny ice bridge that you have to time properly so the snowman doesn't blow you off while making sure the camera behaves so that 
you don't fall uh, off either side. Uh, if he does blow you off, you fall about 20 Tomba heights. Uh, yes. Take a ton. <laughs> it's, it's, it's spreading. It's taking hold. Yeah. Uh, take a ton of fall damage and also have to chase down your hat before trying from the beginning. I remember the first time I got past the snowman breath, I was so excited. I ran straight off the walkway and had to start over anyway. Uh, the other worst uh, the other worst I remember was Pokemon Gold slash Silver's Ice Cave. It had a part where you had to push the rocks down holes into the uh, in the floor, which landed them on a giant ice sheet where you used them to stop yourself so that you could slide in a correct pattern to make the to make it to the exit. Maybe I was just uh, just dumb at that time, but it took me a shamefully long time and I hated the shit out of it. Best, I know I already brought up Episode 1 Racer on the level, but the ice courses were especially cool. Also, the entire N64 game Snowboards Kids was a pretty damn fun time. Um, yeah. yeah. You know you know why that Pokemon level sucked is because of Geo or uh, Zubats. Uh, yeah. Um, Zubats and Geodudes. Like, that would be no <laughs> problem if you weren't constantly running into you know, Geodudes and Zubats. Yeah. Like, Pokemon... Like, people talk a lot of shit about cave levels, and I'm a noted, like, I think the Pokemon games are great. Like, Me too. I've more or less played almost every one of them, but uh, cave levels in Pokemon are way worse than sewer levels in almost any other thing. Mm-hmm. Like, cave levels in Pokemon suck dick. If you, if you, did, if you ran into anything, anything good, you know, mm-hmm. all of the tall grass, you, know, you, have, you have a chance of finding something that can really help you, but you know exactly what you're going to get in these cave levels, and also you run into it every four steps. Totally. And then yeah. the item that stops you from running to them every four steps is like ridiculously limited mm-hmm. and expensive. Um, that is that is frustrating. What? Uh, the, uh, the other games on this, I played Mario 64, but I haven't played Episode 1 Racer um, yeah. nor Snowboard Kids. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like that level in Mario 64. I'm not as big a fan of Mario 64 as most people I know. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was well within the area that I, I played several times and liked. Yes. So um, I started th- getting angry at Mario 64 around the desert levels. So. Yeah, the the only thing I didn't like about that ice level that he brings up is the fact that while water norm- normally heals you in that level it doesn't, so you yeah. have to be much stingier with uh, with the risks that you take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, I'll skip my entry on this um, <laughs> and talk about that at the roundup. But I just kind of wanted to participate, guys. Yeah, um, Dennis Furia, a uh, friend of the show, he says uh, Ice Crusher from Jet Moto. It was the only track in the game where you could pull off backflips, and nothing is as badass as backflipping a hover bike over a glacier. Can't argue with that. No, no, you can't. You can't yeah. argue with that. And uh, I've actually played that level. Um, uh, I, th- I believe it was in one of the demo discs that I managed to get a hold of. Ta- like, like Jet Moto, there were three of those, and then none. And then none of those. Yeah. They were, <laughs> they were huge. When you say demo disc, though, that was like a, a perpetual demo disc game. Yeah. Like Jet Moto was on every demo disc. Like, yeah. you know, somebody, you know, in some third world country, someone has created like a, a rickety shanty out of demo discs <laughs> full of Jet Moto at this point. Like, so it's doing in the some future, good in people the are going to make armor out of them. Like, just, yeah. Jet Moto demo discs, man. Yeah, they're going to make armor that will reflect the lasers that will, you know, all future wars will be fought with. And when the laser hits it, a brief scene of Jet Moto. Some of somebody doing a sick backflip off of a yeah, glacier. Of Dennis, <laughs> Dennis, specifically. Your heritage is, is cemented, Dennis. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll go ahead and say, uh, say mine real quick since mm-hmm. they're on the thing. Um, <clears throat> my favorites, I, I include, uh, I love the snowboarding segment in Final Fantasy VII. The- um, it's ridiculous that it happens right after, you know, uh, 
after Eris dies. Spoiler! Um, <laughs> but the, you know, you go to the arcade and, and play some games, um, which is ridiculous. But that snowboarding game was really fun, and I played it, played it a ridiculous amount of time. See, and I really wish the cell phone, cell phone uh, speaking of the cell phone podcast we're going to do, <laughs> the cell phone port actually came out because I would have played the shit out of it. I could see it being successful on iOS, but Square Enix would charge $35 for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no. I, would, I would spend like 6 for it probably, yeah. though. I really like that game. It's great. Um, that entire ice area, like everything from like the the, the little town with the cabin, um, mm-hmm. all the way all the way up to like when you get to the to the north crater and uh, fight uh, Genova for whatever time that you mm-hmm. fight her and you hand over the black the okay. I'll stop that. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but but the whole thing is really really good. Like the whole like body heat game, like where you have to yeah. keep Cloud alive. Um, like the the ice cave, like walking on the icicles and things like that. That is a really mm-hmm. strong area, I yeah. think. Yeah. And it, it got a lot of heat because of it being so totally disconnected from the the Aerith death and happening so quickly afterwards. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm also going to say the uh, I love the the painted world of Ariamis and uh, Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Dark Souls in that specific area at length. Um, <laughs> you know, in like three months. But the uh, I love one of my favorite things about it is that it's just such a different uh, like color set mm-hmm. and, and visual palette. So you you get this idea in Dark Souls that there are other areas of the world and you never really get to visit them. And uh, this kind of gives you a glimpse of what could be, in addition to it just being totally badass as like a you know like a eldritch prison <laughs> kind of thing uh, from a lore perspective. Very cool. Yes. Um, ice levels that are, are shitty um, are hard for me to think of. I played Yonoid for the, uh, the the YouTube channel, and that's got a terrible second ice level. Um, but for the most part, I think ice levels are actually really cool. Like I love the one in Ducktales. I love the one in Link to the Past. I actually you know ice levels signal fun for me. Um, the levels that I tend to hate more are fire levels yeah. uh, because they kind of turn. You know, they always they're always pits. Yeah. Like there's never just fire around. It just means that there are there are pits. And God fuck the fire levels from Super Mario 64. Yeah. Where like if you just get off and you do that stupid little run around with your your ass on fire, <laughs> that just immediately makes you run into more lava. Yeah. And uh, God. God damn the way that 3D Mario's handle lava. Like, <laughs> um, I th- uh, Ga- Galaxy handles it okay, I think. Better than N64, which yeah, is... Yeah, Galaxy's which is my weird. favorite 3D Mario. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like Galaxy a lot. <laughs> Be- because occasionally Galaxy becomes a 2D Mario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's also the weird, like, arcade modular experience yeah you know you just have a run at these levels and it's a you know a few minutes mm-hmm. uh, long and stuff like that i really like those yeah, such a uh, good how, game. how would you call uh, oh. favorites and least favorites yeah yeah a couple like a couple of these have already been hit uh the final fantasy 7 area um for the reasons that i mentioned with the body heat kind of kind of, kind of thing i like narsh a, a lot um hmm. i don't like going back to narsh and seeing what's there uh but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as a way to kind of like introduce uh, you know, Final Fantasy VI in a, in a series that is you know mostly known for its green fields and and all of that 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 different color palette and kind of like the crazy lonely Northlands kind of vibe that you get from it. That's pretty cool. It's um, also very cold and technological yes. in a way that is, has never been done in the series. So like, mm-hmm. it's you know thematically very uh, yeah very strong. That just just that 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 opening scene under the uh, the you know the the credits crawl or whatever mm-hmm. that's really cool like them walking off into the snow so cinematically you know snow and ice are very interesting to me um uh in that same vein chrono trigger has some really good um ice 
areas you know it doesn't particularly play into the 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 gameplay too much except for like on death mountain uh where you have to i believe you have to clear out ice from the uh from from the paths you have those big husks of like lavos spawn Mm. coming after you uh that's really cool again for the loneliness kind of side of it um Mm -hmm. In a kind of like a grander scale, I really like um, the the continent of Velius from EverQuest. Um, it's high, le- you know. It was it was the third expansion, and it was all high level stuff, um, mm-hmm. like you know level forty five and up. But uh, like you got the sense that this was like the most ancient place in the world, like with all these hidden ruins, kind of like in the Mountains of Madness. You know, just kind mm-hmm. of like oh, this is this is the one area that was touched by the gods, or something that approximates the gods in this case, and uh, all these people trying to fight for these. Uh, you know, various, uh, you know, artifacts and things like that. Um, and the most hostile area of, of the world is really cool. Um, lots of really neat zones in there as well. And it wasn't all ice, but most of it was, and mm-hmm. it was really cool. And then, and kind of a goofy B game kind of note. Uh, there were tons of forgettable platformers on the Genesis, but one that I really loved is Rystar. Have you ever played that? Yeah. Rystar is really good. Yeah. Um, like actually, I, is that, um, who made that? It's somebody notable right yeah it was treasure i think yeah treasure yeah it's a treasure game yeah yeah um it was on a sega genesis collection i had Mm -hmm. and yeah treasure makes good platformers yes it's not like news or anything but they they definitely do (laughs) yeah Um, it's a it's a delightful game and it's one that i played a lot when i was a little kid uh beat it several times even though it's hard bit it's size level uh freon is kind of a kind of a 180 from a lot of the other ones that i that, that i mentioned it's not you know lonely or bleak at all it's actually kind of kind of fun and you know and and uh jumpy and it, it you know it punishes you know bad platforming in a way that doesn't Im- immediately kill you it, it actually punishes it by um slowing down your movement as you fall into deep snow but it's always hmm. easy to extract yourself uh from those situations and that's that that's really all that i have i know it's a lot but <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's just uh and speaking of like ice i love uh winter is my favorite season and uh part of it's that visual thing and part of it's that loneliness and part of it is when you live in a part of the country that actually has winter, um, the <laughs> whole world becomes muffled and silent, you know, in a way that like some of my fondest memories are walking home um, semi-intoxicated by myself from, <laughs> from bars when there's snow on everything because it just the sound is just different than anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like it even when it's not like an ice level, like um, I'm playing Parasite Eve for the podcast, which it takes place in lots of snowy areas. And uh, it's just visually really interesting, like just stark and, uh, you know, very neat. Big fan of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, we're not declaring a winner or anything like that, I don't think. I think this is just a sound off. Um, You know, so the, uh, yeah, so thanks everybody for participating in this little uh, thing. If you have other ideas for little extra sode questions and stuff like that, like lay them on us. Definitely. You know, know, we like like doing this kind of thing. We want to give you guys a chance to, to get on the show, and we're interested in all that jazz. Yes, we are. So after this, the uh, the rest of the of the episode will continue. Um, we hope that you enjoy it, um, and please watch your step. Yep. And uh, what can you tell me about iced tea? <laughs> what can you <laughs> t- tell me about iced tea? I was killing time before uh, before you jumped on Skype, and I posted on the Facebook, but I forgot that that you run into a character named Jet Boy. And, and then, so I wanted to learn how to play that that song and did that before getting there because it's super easy. Does he have um, a theme song? Uh, there's a song by um, 
uh, Elton Morello, but it was really more famously covered by The Damned called Jet Boy, Jet Girl. Okay. Have you ever heard that? Jet Boy, Jet Girl. No, no. Gonna take you around the world. It's a like a homosexual anthem. Jamaican <laughs> penetrate. Gonna make you be a girl. Like, it's, it's really like, it's, you know, it's one of the early, uh, you know, kind of, it's like, it's up there with like Ask. By, by the Smiths, so it's just yeah. these like really defiant bisexual anthems. <laughs> um, but it's like a super catchy, super good song. I first learned about it from the Venture Brothers. There's a, a scene where like the two henchmen, when they get the ability to fly, the one of them is saying that they should call themselves Jet Boy, Jet Girl. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, I, it's got indie cred, the damned covering it. And like, why don't we just call ourselves the damned? <laughs> oh, Some yeah. cooler. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Not being Jet Girl. Um, I forgot that, and we'll we'll talk about this for at length. But that the Kickstarter, the Shadowrun Returns, is going to wrap up loose storylines from that, this that, and that, the Genesis one. It's going to like contribute to making them in the same universe and stuff. Yeah, that's well, insane. Th- that is insane because they really couldn't be more different. <laughs> yeah, it's they're really really weird, and they're also they've got the guys who compose both the soundtracks to like work on this new one. Like it's kind of insane. What a weird specific love letter to me at 15 <laughs> uh, that kickstarter is, is like out of all the kickstarters out there like wait is this is this a harlan ellison trap for you like the everquest yeah. thing is for me <laughs> <laughs> very well could be yeah. uh, no wiley harlan ellison <laughs> very sudden traps he's sudden traps by coming up with broad sci-fi ideas and then having people make movies out of them and then suing the shit out of them <laughs> so that's the harlan ellison trap oh that's awesome yeah thanks bro thanks yeah. son bro it's the uh it's it's uh one of the least obnoxious dark souls t-shirts i've seen so yeah then the back of it doesn't say like you'll prepare to die or yeah, anything like exactly. that well, that's but... awesome thanks fam yeah right, i appreciate it um yeah i will uh i will happily support that yeah uh, i would say go as far as say that's one of the less obnoxious like gaming media t-shirts <laughs> that i've seen yeah I, I I have a collection um, of an extensive collection of name tags and hairnets. Um, yeah. No, of uh, of of game T-shirts from working at GameStop. Mm-hmm. Like going back to like I have this this awful polo shirt for the Game Boy Advance SP because <laughs> <laughs> that's when I started working there. Yeah. Um, Were you allowed to just wear those? Like, if you could you wear promo shirts? Yeah. Well, yeah. up up until up until recently, um, but like most of the promo shirts were t-shirts, and we weren't allowed to wear t-shirts until ever mm. actually i don't think we ever were allowed to unless they were the gamestop brand t-shirts get a power-up yeah. card power yeah. up. Bleep, 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 bleep. You, can, you can power up with a power up card yeah sense <laughs> god i had such a i had such an experience that just made my brain want to leak out of my ear my brain itself <laughs> i was i went to buy I, I got um ben and dennis uh dark souls for christmas mm-hmm. Um, and I went in and I asked them, Hey, I, I probably told you the story over text, but I need, I need to read. Yeah. They, yeah. They did. Yeah. They didn't have it. Or well, they said they didn't have it. But they did. <laughs> I said, I said, I would like two copies of dark souls, please for PlayStation three. And they say, Oh, we only have one. Would you like to order off of our website? I was like, well, no, I'm going over the places, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then uh, I was like, okay, give me the one at least and I'll go to another store. Then I went out to the, and I went out to the wall and I was like, man, they said online that they had it. And I grabbed the used case off the wall because it was the last one. It's going to be the open case, whatever. Then I went over and I looked at the new and I saw, oh, there's a new one. So I carried the new one up and I was like, oh, just give me one used, one new. I'll decide who I, who I like more. 
Um, mm. and, uh, and I was like, oh, well, oh, okay. You know, as I said, so, so did you just not see the new one? Like, oh, which is that we thought you wanted it used. I said, I didn't state a preference. And then mm. she went, you know, she, she pulled the used one out of the drawer. She went back to the shelf and I saw like a line of like five copies of sealed dark souls. <laughs> I was like, um, excuse me. Can I just get, can I just get the two, the, the, the two, two new ones, please? Cause they're gifts and you know, all that. It's like, oh, okay. You sure? Yeah. Then we threw the whole rigmarole with the power cards. Like, oh my god. That's because they they make. Uh, isn't like the markup such that they, you make yeah. very little money on new games? Yeah, like, like you, used is where they get all their money. Yeah, if you trade in, if you trade in Dark Souls, you probably get like three or four bucks, and they sell it new for seventeen or used for seventeen ninety nine. Right. Um. And uh, yeah. So that's yeah. that. That's more margin as opposed to they probably buy. I remember seeing the figure on this, but it's they they usually make about two three bucks profit on a new game. Yeah, that's yeah. why that was my understanding. Yeah. Or poor babies. Yeah, well. It's, it's, I'm glad that you brought up this organizational structure thing because that's definitely, uh, when I was playing it again, struck me as like, <laughs> oh, okay. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, 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 well, we'll talk about it. When yeah. We're it's like talking. a four year old just like writing a story. It's like an is- issue of Axe Cop. <laughs> like, is what it is. It's yeah. like, and then there's a vampire that controls all of them. But it's actually controlled by a jester mask. It's controlled by a naga. That's control. You know, it, yeah. it's a, it's very Axkov. <laughs> so, is that the is that the web comic that's uh, the 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 kid tells the story and then the dude yeah right? If you okay. man, you buy uh, maybe maybe I'll get you that for Christmas because mm-hmm. I I was gonna do so uh, the deleted scene for for what I was gonna get you for Christmas. So I've been getting everybody is uh, things from this website. I'll put this in your, in your Skype box. This is my new favorite website and my go-to for Christmas gifts for everybody. It's been to have uh, Lou Ferdinand call them and tell them to stay strong. Um, <laughs> um, so, and it's, it's actually really like, like one, it's really timely. Like I, I set it up with uh, my friend Derek and it happened like two days later, which is like, or no, the next, next day. So Lou Ferdinand was not doing much. And second, it gave me a really good idea for a short story because I was thinking, like, what if he called Derek on Christmas and then they ended up just kind of talking all day? <laughs> like, and, like, he's just not doing anything on Christmas. So I was like, oh, that's a really good idea for a short story, like this failed bodybuilder yeah. going on this thing. But uh, that was my original thing. But maybe this would, would be better because there's a, there's a collected works of, of Axe Cop. And I think you'd really like Axe Cop yeah. if you spend any time with it. It's really funny. It's it's got it's a really it's a wonderful celebration of like kid logic the same way that the first season of Adventure Time is yeah like Adventure Time gets a little bit more sophisticated mm-hmm. but uh, the uh, initially it's just kind of like amazing kid logic and Max Cop is like that as well if if this website is to believe like nobody from The Sopranos bounced back no <laughs> that's one hundred percent true I'm also really disappointed because all the people who I really want on here mm-hmm. are like unavailable or only available for telephone press conferences. Oh, which yeah. is a really weird thing. So, like, you know, you want to get how do you, like uh, Marina Sirtis, you know, Counselor Troy. She can only do a video press release. Like, what press are you doing? Like, what? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, how would me hiring you for a video press release work? So, really, like, the only real winner is there's a lot of has been wrestlers, um, you know, who you can do live phone calls like Raven. Um, but like John Delancey, I wanted to get him for everybody, but he's unavailable. Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people who who I want are unavailable. Uh, Lorenzo Lamas from TV's <laughs> Renegade, unavailable. Second second episode in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I, Lou Ferrigno has been my go-to guy because he's, he's up for anything. Um, yeah. 
between video greeting cards and and live phone calls. I gotta say, I'm, but, I'm going I'm going down the line. Um, I'm having I'm having a, a tough. It's a tough choice between Mitch Ryder and Jim Laser Star. Yeah, Laser, but Laser's not available. He's not. Yeah, I would do Laser as well. Like <laughs> this is Laser. Like of course <laughs> I want. And like I, I sent uh, my friend Zach the video greeting card from some random Yahoo um, on here who just looked like a real scumbag, and that's why I picked him. Like it wasn't like he was a. Anyone anyone have heard of? Yeah. But uh, they give you the list of the subjects. Like you can uh, do a uh, <laughs> like a custom message and read it, but it's expensive. So I did like all the stock ones, and there's one of them that's like encouragement, um, encouragement, uh, and then some other word that just means encouragement. But uh, and they're really funny. Like they're just like, look, I know it's been a rough year, but you're gonna have a better year because I believe in you. I'm you know, and it's like, like Jim Duhan. It's not Jim Duhan. That's Scotty. Um, but like, I just, I, why did I say Jim Duhan as my random name? <laughs> uh, I was just trying to uh, pull out. But, you know, he was some guy from the TV show Cheaters. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm uh, Mike Walker and I believe in you. I know you're going to have a good year this year. You know, and it's just, I, it's pretty good. Or like Skippy from uh, uh, Family Ties is only mm-hmm. available for a phone appearance, which I think means like a two hour conversation. Huh. Maybe more than I want to talk to Skippy. What's her name? Claudia Wells from Fast Times at Richmond High. I'm trying to figure out who she was on that. Huh. Yeah, I'm so they should really probably have a link to everyone's IMDB page on this thing. Just, if a, you're gonna... just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Diamond <laughs> Dallas page. Yeah, some of these some of these celebrities are But like just out of nowhere there's a there's an astronaut on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that's the saddest one to me. <laughs> like you have to have multiple like master's degrees to be an astronaut, right? Like I mean not quite there, but You'd have like a pretty serious education. Yeah, I mean, the there's... Simpsons is to be believed. Like we have a mathematician, another kind of mathematician, <laughs> and a statistician. Like, yeah. you know, uh, I need to, to I need to close this because it's making me sad. Actually, it, it's it is pretty sad. But you know, you can throw toss these guys a couple bucks. <laughs> uh, T- Tommy Habib from Cheaters, Eye for an Eye, and Stag is who I had uh, email Derek, <laughs> and it's a, it's a really like it's he's in this like office that's clearly a set. Uh-huh. Uh, like with all these books behind, it looks like a law office commercial. <laughs> and he's just like, you're going to do great this year. I know it. I'm Tommy Habib. You may have seen me on cheaters and I'm here to tell you that I believe in you. And it's just like, it's real funny. It's a real good gift and you can do it all at the last minute and from home. That's really, really funny. Hollywood is calling is the best. That is, that's cool. Lou Ferrigno though. That's a, uh, that's legit. I like that's somebody yeah, I would a, like. Yeah. I, I, I've shaken his hand at a convention before. Yeah, he, he has a very soft, uh, doughy handshake, and I like to think it's because if he actually used any of his strength, he would destroy me. Yeah, it. it's, he's he's like Milton Berle, who only show show enough to beat you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Was that a reference to Milton Berle's legendarily huge penis? Yeah, he'll 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 he will yeah. only take out enough to beat you. Yeah, if, if you want to compare size. So yeah, yeah. You, you throw pull out your your six incher, and he pulls out just seven. Yep. Seven of nine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Two legendary Pokemon it's, around the outside. It's, <laughs> it's God, that is that's the summer jam of twenty thirteen. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Two legendary Pokemon around the outside. I can't I can't even say it the way he does it because I can't lose that much rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> it's you you have to be able to you have to be able to speak arrhythmically yeah Ugh. and i i just i can't 
rhythm is too much of a dancer for that. No, I just can't do it. Rhythm is too much. <laughs> I just can't do it. Rhythm is in my heart, Cole. I can't. I can't do it. Can't. Can't lose it. It's part of you. It's no, in your can't, blood. Can't stop. Won't stop. Can't lose the beat. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to do the audible intro. Okay. Um, I won't reference the novel all that often, even though I've read it. I just remember there being a character in the beginning who leaves a building and he smells like sex. They reference that. And that made no sense to me as a youth. Like, I was like, how does somebody smell like sex? It'd be like, what, does somebody sound like architecture? Like, how does this even make sense? And then, you know, I didn't understand it until I, until I was older. And uh, But that's all I really remember from the book, other than the fact that you should not deal with dragons. Hmm. <laughs> that you should not deal. Never. Oh, I thought that the logo looked really weird in the game. It's all it's it's crazy squished on yeah. the on the title screen. Okay, yeah. huh? Yeah. Let me see uh, here. Yeah, you can get it for one cent on a uh, on on uh, Amazon. Get the game for one cent or the book? No, the book. The book. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but don't. <laughs> no, um, don't. No, don't do that. Yeah. This man, you, you you think about what could have been. This game would have been so much better with the uh, with with the uh, uh, Mario Paint mouse. Yeah, like yeah, mouse interface would have been made this real rad. Yeah, yeah, and then and Wazdy moving around kind of thing. <laughs> you just want to play Binding of Isaac. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's more. I don't play Binding of Isaac with a mouse. I'm not a barbarian. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, no, I, I, I adapted my, my, my hands. Yes, I, I, I grew the new bones and cartilage necessary to, <laughs> to, to play that game for hours. To on myself at that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, become an ultimate human in regards to buying Isaac. I'm an X-Man, but my, but my superpower yeah. is to guide a baby around a dungeon. It, it's literally around his mom's vagina. It is literally <laughs> the only game that I have ever a hundred percented with achievements. Like I, I literally have every single achievement in that game. So make of that what you will. It's really strange. I think it's weird too, but it's that's true for me. Yeah, I guess that's not true. I think when I when I first I had a save of Final Fantasy VII where I I'd done everything. Yeah, I didn't yeah. master every materia for God's sakes, but I had I beat all the weapons and all that jazz. Yeah, when I was younger. Anywho, anyway, <laughs> and I am recording as well. Looper, huh? Yeah, did you see that? No, no, I like that director a lot. Yeah, he's he's batting a thousand. Um, <laughs> the I, I liked all of his. I mean, he's only done three movies, but the uh, and a bunch of really good Breaking Bads. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, he did but, one uh, of my one of my favorite episodes of Breaking Bad, actually. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. Run, run don't walk to go see Looper. <laughs> Not least of which because I need somebody to talk to about this fucking scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I just I. You are one of the few people I know who uh, – well, that's not true. I know a lot of people. But, like, I don't oftentimes have anxiety problems. And I want to see – knowing your complicated relationship with the emotion that is anxiety, <laughs> I really want to see if this affects you as strongly as it affected me. Oh, man. Let, let, let me see if it's – nauseating. <laughs> like, I'm just like I, – I bought beer on the way home. Like, I never – I don't really drink. <laughs> like, I was like, I need a beer. Like, it is really unnerving. Hmm. Let me see here. I, I don't know if it's showing anywhere around here. I think it's. I think. I think I. I should probably hit up a DVD or something. It comes out next week. Does it? On DVD. Yeah. Huh. And we saw it at a second run theater. Yeah, we probably have some second run theaters around here, but uh, it's really hard to find those on Google. So. Yeah. The uh, man, see it and then then reconvene. Yeah. So I just want. I mean, the whole movie is very good, and it's like a really excellent piece of like genre fiction. Yep. 
and uh, it deals with time travel in a way that's not annoying. Like if you take a leap of faith with it and stop thinking about mm-hmm. it, then the movie is great. And then if you decide to be an asshole and you're like, if you do that, then you're going to hate it. Right. But just uh, trust it a little bit and it's really great. But there's one scene that's just like, like second best scene I've seen in a movie this year, like uh-huh. really affecting. So, so on the uh, on the continuum between Time Cop and Slaughterhouse Five in terms of time travel, <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I'm going to put it uh, uh, below Slaughterhouse Five, but above Twelve Monkeys. Okay, um, that's a, so, that's saying something, I think. Yeah, it's, I liked it a lot. Yeah, um, but man, this scene is just it's it's speaking to my to to like it hit me for in a weak point for massive damage. Like <laughs> it's just it got me. Yeah, well, that's a it's it's difficult for me to get excited about Bruce Willis. Like he, he when he, when he's good, he's really really good. Yeah, like you know you can't you, you can't sleep on like Fifth Element or Die Hard One and Two. You can't. Right. Um, Hudson right. Hawk. I can sleep on that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't actually. I don't like the Fifth Element. Like that's nope. that's interesting that you. No, I think that's kind of a bad movie. Oh. But. I mean, that's okay. That's, yeah. uh, no, no, be... I mean, and you know, it's uh, for 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 what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, but you, you come for the JG Lovett, and then Bruce Willis does <laughs> does fine. Like does uh, Paul it. Dano's in it, which I didn't realize. And he's real good. Yes. Uh, Jeff Bridges is real good in it. Oh, uh, Jeff J, J Bridge is in it. I didn't know that. Yeah, love J Bridge. Have you ever seen yeah. um, The Lookout? No, no, I have not. That's an excellent movie as well. Yeah. That's uh, another JG Lovett Jeff Bridges joint. Different hmm. director but very good nice huh i will take that i will take that into consideration 